Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here to talk about the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. Okay, so folks, as we gear towards the end of the season, year's end, this end of the stage of the show as its current format as we know it, I was thinking back to the time that I met Rob. And for those that don't know or haven't heard the story, he was playing guitar at Church of God Teen Talent, playing a beautiful... PVE uh, Eddie Van Halen Wolfgang through 5150, which I now own. And I was like, I have to meet that guy. And what song was he playing, you may ask? Rob, kick a little of the song we're playing that every late 90s, early 2000s band had in their repertoire with the most popular guitar riff of 1999. Rob, tell them what it is. From the Mount Rushmore of millennial rock, let's start today with Hire by Creed, and we're going to talk to Mark Tremonti. It doesn't get better no, than that. Man. It just doesn't. Here we go, folks. So I know Rob normally brings us back in, but Rob, in the words of one of the great speakers of our time, Dr. Scott Stapp, are you ready (laughs) for what's to come? So let me take you on a trip back to 1999. Rob and I were graduating high school, okay? Yeah. Toy Story, Austin Powers, and The Matrix were in theaters. Sure. 
Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis was at its peak in the highest ranking TV show. Okay. And Creed owned the airwaves. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So My Own Prison, their first album came out in 97. I had friends that loved that album. Yeah. Um, but nobody knew that they were going to conquer the world with the Human Clay album You're that right. came out in 99 that everyone had. Yes. Everyone had this. And today, modern day, Creed is coming back. Yeah. And, uh, and Tremonti is doing... Awesome solo stuff. He's got Christmas right. stuff that we're going to talk to him about. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Mark Tremonti's had his hand in so many things, and yeah. we can't wait to talk. We're going to hear us talk to him about Ultra Bridge, Creed, solo stuff. Um, but for today, since this is kind of how me and Rob were introduced to each other, yeah. this is kind of how we feel like it, we should do this. Yeah, it has to start here. It's got to start here for us. It has to start here. Um, but yeah, so but, but first I do want to say, Mark Tremonti has a new Christmas project, that is not what you think it's going to exactly. be. Exactly. Like you're going to want to go. You have to go listen to it to 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 fully appreciate what it is. But let me just play you a little bit of uh, the, the the first single off of his Christmas project. This is Christmas Morning from Mark Tremonti's Christmas album, Christmas Classics, New and Old. How what? That's the guitar player from Creed. Yes, that's it. Little dreamers waiting for Christmas. And now under the tree is a prize just waiting for me. In the morning, the snow will be falling. Like, brother, this is just beautiful. Dang. Come on. It started snowing in here. Literal season's greetings. Exactly. That makes sense. Our children believe in the glory. Of Christmas morning. Christmas. Rob just winked at me and there was a star in his eye somehow. I have no idea how. Little stockings are filling up with like nuts and oranges and peppermint sticks behind us. Our bell that we ring just turned into a snow globe. Right. <laughs> Hold on dearly. So, dude, this is great. Like, I did not know what to expect. I was like, okay, a Mark Tremonti Christmas album. Here we go. And it's perfect timing that we're releasing this the week before Christmas for yeah, you guys. Like, so there you go. Perfect timing. And we're going to talk to Mark about the situation behind, like, how this happened. Yeah. It's really, none of it is what you expect. Uh -huh. None of it is what you yeah. expect. Frank Sinatra's involved. It's crazy. It's, it's nuts. It's yeah. crazy. So, so hang around to the interview. You're going to love that story. Yeah, hang around. It, I know that piqued your interest. <laughs> so like, you're going to want to hear how, how it all happened. Um, but let's let's start with let's start with higher because let's this is it. this is an important song to us uh -huh. and this is an important song to uh, rock music. Yeah. It, for people our age, like this was a this was a real thing that like took over. Mm -hmm. That you're right. That Human Clay album, uh, you know, really, really, really went. Just massively world. Literally, actually, the first time I heard about the Human Clay album, I was not even in the United States. I was in Japan. And a dude was like, have you heard the new Creed album? <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, bro. Like, I was like, I've heard the first one. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. You got to hear if this If you new liked one. Karate Kid 1, you're going to love Karate <laughs> yeah, Kid 2. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. liked Mile in Prison, you're going to love Human Clay. That's right. Yeah. So let's let's go back and let's talk about Higher. It went to number one on the U.S. mainstream rock and alternative airplay charts for Billboard. Number four on the U.S. mainstream top 40. Number five on the U.S. adult top 40. Number seven on the Hot 100 for a hard rock track right yeah. number seven on the hot 100 it went to number two on the canadian rock and alt chart number one on the uk rock and metal chart it was the number 13 u.s mainstream rock song for all of 1999 
and the number four U.S. mainstream rock song for all of 2000. It was number four on the U.S. mainstream top 40 in 2000, number 30 on the modern rock track for all of 1999, and number 33 for all of 2000. Like, just everywhere. Huge song. It was on the it was on the Billboard Top 100 for like 57 weeks or something. Crazy. Something ridiculous. You know, it was a massive song. Um, it was the number 11 Hot 100 song of all of 2000. Don't, I don't know that it appears on the Billboard All-Time 600, which is shocking. I would love to have had one more... You know what I mean? One more, cl- One more yeah. but I don't think it's on yeah. there. Um, but yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's so it's it's such a great heavy riff. The even the the production and the mix work mm-hmm. on this album, the Human Clay album, is elevated from the My Own Prison, the yeah. My Own Prison album. The My Own Prison album is one of those great. Um, is this a Christian band album? Absolutely. Till he says this, uh, until on what's this that's live what, for? That's right. Until we get in the, the, the Lord's name in vain yeah. territory. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, and even now you, I, so yesterday on the way up, I listened to both of those first two Creed albums back to back. Yeah. And you know, you, you go, obviously some of these lyrics are dealing with faith mm-hmm. elements and struggles and yep. you know, whatever. And some of these things just come out when you're writing, right? Yeah. You, you like, you know, whatever. But so obviously there is some, you know, background here, but then this song higher is one of the, you instantly listen to it and you go, Hey, he's talking about heaven. He's talking about, you know, God, you know, baby Jesus, I whatever, right? You youth groups all over the world covered this. hundred percent. Well, so I, you know, I, it. I played it at a, at a, uh, church of God, teen it, talent. Uh, yeah. A church event. You know, it wasn't like a church service or whatever, but I was Him, like, I, a drummer and a sax player. <laughs> <laughs> That's Zuma right. Chad. That's right. And and I figured I could get away with this. You know what I mean? Like I, whatever. Um and I think we might have said this on the show before, but it's worth repeating because it's one of the funniest Wait, we talked with Barnes. He meanest, asked how we stupid met. things I've I've ever done. Uh but it was a it's a church denominational meeting, right? The the week that we and um so they had this thing where they were spotlighting, you know, young people who do whatever. And so my, my band that I was with there in the competition, we played, but it was, uh, you know, we were in an area where you were manning the, <laughs> the music department, pathway bookstore, music department right. in the, like, uh, the hall where uh-huh. stuff was being presented and blah, 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 blah. And there was a few, you know, a small audience and they were mostly older people. They're uh-huh. the people who come to this thing They're just to like, go. There's chairs. I'll sit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the benches in the mall, uh-huh. you know, they, they, they attract a certain group of people. And so that's who's there, you know? And so me and my, my two compatriots, uh, we get up there and we, um, I said, who loves the Gaither vocal band? <laughs> and that's like among, among our tribe, they're like, you know, one of the peak, you know, the Southern gospel quartet. So, yeah. Southern gospel, legendary, yeah. you know, whatever. And a few people are like, yeah, woo, you know, light, <laughs> light applause, right? And I said the dumbest, meanest thing that I could have possibly said, which is, well, you're going to hate us. <laughs> and then we just busted into higher by Creed, you know. And uh, it was, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, as a teenager, you go, yeah, man. Wow, and so later cool. I go, what a butthole thing oh, to do. Great, like, why in the world would but I But it worked do? because I, I met him. I was like, I've got to meet that guy that's playing that guitar <laughs> through that amp. Like, I got to meet him afterwards. And so after Rob's set, he comes down and we chat. And he's, I was like, I go to Lee. He's like, I'm going to Lee in the fall. I was like, no way. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, the friendship was born. Yeah, what a uh, truly what a full circle thing this song is yeah. to be our last like 
you know what I mean? Our full fully, coverage, yeah. full coverage song that we're doing. Uh, so really, really funny that it has come back to this after all this time. Uh, we're in the key of D major. Of course. D major? Drop D Drop major. Drop D major? Yeah. I don't know Which about that. Which doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, D makes sense. Everything yeah. with it's like it's going to be in, a lot of stuff is in D yeah. from Creed. But yeah. Uh, the, the early, especially uh, Tremonti riffs, a lot of them had major key elements. Mm-hmm. At least, even he he would kind of go back and forth between major, uh, uh, minor, and major. It mm-hmm. would be like a heavy riff in minor, but there would be some element to a riff that would be he'd be playing the major third, or even like chromatically playing both the major third, the minor third, and maybe the four in there. Like he would just kind of hop around. The tonality of it was is pretty unique to his playing, um, especially in that in that earlier stuff. Um, but I was just list, listening to you know both these albums uh, yesterday, thinking about that, noticing that like he would. Ha- I think about the riff to um, uh, what's the song on My Own Prison? Um, that's the oh gosh, why can't I think of it? Is it torn? No, it's like the tonality of that riff is all over the place when it gets right. It's very chromatic and it's Lydian and it's major and it's minor and it's uh Phrygian all at the same time, right? In the same riff. It's like all those things. Uh so really, you know, pretty interesting. And after Rob talks about the theory on this song, we'll talk about drop D. we'll we'll live there for a minute. Okay, okay. I got some stuff on that. So we're we are in drop D tuning, uh, and we're in D major, and it's just great. Like this this production of this song is a testament to the power of like how how much it elevates your sound when you double track guitars. Yeah, right. That's really what thickens all, it up. All we're hearing here is drums, bass, and a doubled guitar part, mm-hmm. and it sounds massive. Sounds huge. Yeah, like uh, you know, and listening to the the production of the their first album versus this one mm-hmm. it sounds 10 times yeah. bigger right yeah, it's elevated um and it just makes makes all the difference in the and world it's not that he's playing something much m- m- more on a grand scale it's just doubled yeah in the production it's, it's just thicker. doubled and the yeah it's it's the um you know i don't know if the miking technique is different there's something there's something a little different in the like mixing or or engineering you know mm-hmm. that just makes everything sound tougher and broader and bigger yeah. and it might have just been that they had a bigger budget and were you yeah. know um really really going for it on that on that scale more but it man it just this album just sounds yeah. massive dude. absolutely and when that when the drums hit mm-hmm. yeah. and the, the, everything kicks everything's in, just dude. bigger it's yeah. huge yeah. just massive but yeah we're in a major key which you kind of with that kind of sound and you go over oh, and drop d you just don't expect yeah. but everything is um you know, yeah, everything's major. It's happy. It's like, so this, I was saying, this is one of the, the, uh, oh, obviously this song's about heaven. This song is about, you know, whatever, but it turns out the, this song is really about lucid dreaming. I didn't know this until we researched, but, um, there was a, uh, um, fact or fiction podcast that Loudwire does. And uh, Scott Stapp said that the inspiration for the song, this is from Wikipedia, came from a recurring dream that he had. Um, in the endlessly present nightmare, Stapp would be hunted down and killed by an unknown assailant brandishing a firearm. Once he took up studying lucid dreaming, he was able to escape the gunman and subsequently wrote the song as a memento towards the dream. So he keeps having this dream where he's getting gunned down, learns about lucid dreaming, which is where you can 
like half awake, mm -hmm. t take control of your dreams or yeah. control of your actions in the, in the dreams. And, you know, you kind of end up like in a matrix type situation where you're able to exert some kind of control over the dream. Um, and so it's one of those things where, uh, Christians are the worst at this. We listen to things through the lens of metaphor all the time. Absolutely. Right. Like yeah. everything is an allegory. Mm -hmm. Everything yes. is a metaphor. Read these lyrics without metaphor, mm -hmm. and you have what the song is really about, right? He literally says the first line of the song, when dreaming, yeah, right? A, like, that's literal. That's it, yeah. He's not like, it's not Martin Luther King, yeah, I have I a dream yeah, yeah. where it's, I'm talking about it's a metaphor. Joseph, the dreamer in the Bible. <laughs> right, it's like, yeah, what yeah. he means here is, uh, right. you're going to have seven years of harvest. <laughs> it's like, no, no, he's dreaming. No, he's like, actually, I'm dreaming, uh, yes. Um, and uh, so he's like, you know, I'd, I'd sacrifice all those nights if I could make the earth and my dreams the same. You know, it's it's just literal. Read yeah. the, this, take this song at surface value uh -huh. for actually what he's saying here and don't overlay yeah. Christianity on top of it. And Rob's the last person to listen to the lyrics, so let's give him props on this. Sure, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and he, obviously he's referencing, you know, the place with golden streets, and yep. there's, uh, you know, there's, 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 uh, there is overlap there, but just for the, what the actual song is about, no, it's actually about lucid dreaming, and, and he's, you know, trying to figure out how to um, make a better, you know, make a better thing in his dreams. Mm -hmm. Like, so anyway, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Drop D tuning. Let's talk about drop, that for yeah, just a second. Yeah. We touched on that. Um, I'll let Rob kind of explain what drop D is. It's not that complex. You basically just take your low E and drop it down to D. Drop it down to D, which gives you an instant power chord in your bottom three strings. Uh, yep. You get a D, A, D, you know, and so you get some really chunky riffs chunky. that way. So the earliest I can think of of people using drop D, I was trying to think through that. Dear Prudence by the Beatles is in drop D. Okay. Um, kind of... There's a song called Moby Dick by Led Zeppelin, if you mm -hmm. want to play it. This is kind of like the earliest usage of like drop D in rock that I can that I can think of. Um, I should have had you cue that one up. Sorry. Moby Very Dick good. by Led Zeppelin. Yeah. From Zeppelin 2. So that's a low... That's a low D yeah. that they're using right there. So that's in drop D. So, and again, that's more, you know, that's Zeppelin stuff. So it's not this top. Yeah. And then like in the nineties, late eighties, nineties, King's X, Soundgarden, yeah. they kind of make it magical. Yeah. You know, they kind of bring it. What, in the modern usage. In modern usage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Modern usage. Foo Fighter and Nirvana kind of ruined it. Um, Switchfoot <laughs> made it cool again. I'm just kidding. You know, I just don't like those guys, but they, they heavy usage of that, you know, yeah. ever long, that kind of stuff. Creed made it huge, yeah. and then Fallout Boy made it the same with like sugar going down. You know what I mean, and that kind of stuff. So, but now everyone has a drop D song in their bag of tricks right, in their repertoire. Yeah, yeah it's very play, very common. Set. So, it, what was not as common, but Creed I think magnified the usage of drop D on our level, like where I heard it. Yeah, frequently because the, everything they did in mm -hmm. this early stuff, you know, it was kinda, almost all drop kinda D. Kind of built off that. Yeah, so a little more into the song. It placed at number 95 on VH1's 100 Greatest Hard Rock Songs in 2009. Um, it won the Song of the Year Award at the 2000 VH1 Music Awards and was also nominated for Best Rock Video Award at the 2000 MTV Video Music Awards, but lost to... No you clue. Guess. Mm -mm. To me, these things don't exist in the same time period. Okay. Um, but it lost to Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit. Okay. Which I, I somehow those things aren't. You think it's earlier? I, I feel like Limp Biscuit was was like two years earlier, not sure. like a Mid decade. 90s, you know what yeah, I mean? Right, I just yeah. break stuff to me felt earlier than this somehow. I don't know why. But anyway, so it's on the on that list of hundred greatest hard rock songs uh, by uh, 
VH1. It's number 95 between number 94, I believe, in a thing called Love okay. by the Darkness, and number six, Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas, wow. okay, uh, which we covered company. in yeah. long form. Yeah. The top 10, because you know I had to include the top 10. Rob Love's List. The top 10 of the VH1 uh, 100 Greatest Hard Rock Songs. Number 10, Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Uh, a song that I, I hate. just don't think about very often. It. Yeah, I kind of don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, okay, I kind of do, but I, I hate it. Largely, I don't. Okay. Uh, number nine, Running with the Devil by Van Halen. Number eight, Walk This Way by Aerosmith. Number seven, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Number six, The Who, Won't Get Fooled Again, uh, which is an underrated hard rock song. I, you know, And calling The Who hard rock is funny because it's a little bit contextual. Sure, yeah. Right, but it, but they... It's his guitar playing. It's Pete Town. Well, I don't know if he's a hard rock guitarist. That's like, what I mean. Yeah. It's like good... It's classic it's rock. rock. Yeah. I, is it hard rock? You could yeah. argue, but I think for the, the time, what they were doing at the time... Makes he kicked over rock. an amp. He's hard rock. There you yeah, go. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, what's it, uh, Keith Moon was definitely a hard rock drummer. Yeah, that's right? true. Uh, number five, Inner Sandman, Metallica. Absolutely. Number four, Paranoid, Black Sabbath. Absolutely. Number three, Whole Lot of Love, Zeppelin. Number two, Back in Black, ACDC. Number one, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. Your thoughts? Metal. It's hard. I mean, I mean it's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. 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 Is it. it the number one hard rock <laughs> song of all time? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Impressive. I mean, I don't think it's number one. I think I would put... I'd probably put Inner Sandman as number one. Oh, like that, that has got to be for me. Yeah, it's, um, that's, I think, I, I think that's my number you one. You could, and obviously, this is why people make lists, that's right? right? Because they're endlessly they're debatable. debatable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyhow, okay. A uh, little bit on the album, or should we meet the band sure, first? We can meet them. Okay. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Meet the band that uh, is in Creed on on this uh, project and this song. Scott Stapp, we'll talk on him for a minute. Vocals, he had three solo projects apart from Creed. He took over frontman of Art of Anarchy after Scott Weiland died. That group is now led by Jeff Scott Soto. Really? Or after, the, or after that, and that's who picked up after that. Okay. So he's in a different projects since then. We don't talk enough about Jeff Scott Soto. Yeah, I think we've mentioned, so, him, we mentioned him one time. Him, mentioned him sometimes, but uh, you all should know his name. Um, lead vocalist for Ingve Malmsteen, Sons of Apollo, uh, who we talked about with Billy Sheehan yeah. and Bumblefoot, Portnoy, Derek Sherinian, Talisman. Trans Siberian Orchestra. Dang. Journey. Yeah, yeah he was the point, Journey yeah. lead singer for a while. That's right. We That's should have right. hung out with this guy. Yeah. Like, this guy kind of feels like our kind of hangout with. It's true. So, uh, he's one of us now. Jeff Scott Soto, thanks for making the <laughs> making the, the cut. Um, and then I've got some stuff on Stap. Well, I'll interject it here. Okay. I heard something this week that I'd never heard, which is Scott Stapp sings the national anthem at the Ford 400. Okay. So look it up. Just look it up and we'll play it. Okay. Uh, I, I should have had you cue that up or we can – I'd look it up on YouTube probably. Yeah, yeah. While you're looking it up – and I mean it's him. When you hear it, it's Scott Stapp. I forget sometimes – that I heard somebody say this, so I can't take credit for this quote. I kind of liked it. Scott Stapp sounds like people that make fun of Scott Stapp. Okay. You know what I'm, and I personally think this is the most Scott Stapp that Scott Stapp has ever been. Okay, on this right here. So okay. let's hear here Scott Stapp sing the national Let anthem at the Ford 400 after this. After ad. this word from Mark Cuban, litigious <laughs> society these days. Oh, see, can you see? 
mean right there. That is Scott Stapp. Yeah. That is Scott Stapp being Scott Stapp. Okay, we don't have to listen to the whole thing. Okay. But, <laughs> you might want to hear that. I, I, I'll say this about. Yeah. I'll say this about Stapp. His vocals got parodied a lot, uh-huh. right? In the same way that like everybody was doing a Darius Rucker at one sure. point, everybody was doing a Scott Stapp, myself uh-huh. included, yeah. right? The, the Creed in particular has seen this. We talk. We're going to talk to Mark Tamani about the the Creed Renaissance that's happening right now, right? Uh-huh. Because it it did become um it did become cool to not think Creed was cool for uh-huh. a minute, right? It yeah. was like. They was there was took over the world and then people start to go, that's too popular. We got to tear you down, yeah. right? We got to love to hate you for a minute. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and then of course, you know, musically, other things start happening that sort of change the landscape and kind of take over the forefront. But people, you know, people have always talked about Stapp's voice. But you want to talk about a an instantly recognizable voice and b a voice that became like. The emblem for a yeah, certain kind of music. Absolutely, you've got Scott Stapp, absolutely. right? And, absolutely, and it's and it's and it's good, dude. He, it's, listen it's, to him. He's a powerful vocalist. Like he, his his voice is yeah, it is it is a powerful it's voice. Thick, it's rich. He's it's, got range. It has a lot of character. Yeah, um, you know, he just gets. It's just his certain um, delivery. Certain things, the way he delivers, yeah. yeah, is you know people latched onto as that's you know anytime you hear an impressionist who's doing something, what they've done really well is they find certain things that are you know uniquely characterized to a certain person's voice, it. and then yeah, they really crank it up to a hundred, yeah. and that's what people do with a Scott Stapp impression. But uh, his his voice is really like for this certain kind of music, uh, you know, it is like the icon yeah. of you know of that that kind of music absolutely and i was gonna do actually stub the genius worst national anthems i was gonna do that okay but i, I steered clear of that because carlos is gonna win Carlos, i yeah. think till i found one oh. i want you to look up you may have known this because you're a chattanooga have you oh, heard oh yes and I, maybe I, I had never heard that till yesterday or like two days ago oh man uh yeah. ezra harris chattanooga there's a i'll try to tell you which one but yeah i got it you got one yeah. up on cue introducing the onion there's a the non-lethal self-defense yeah this was uh this was this was one that i'd never heard uses. and i i hee-hawed oh see can you see by the dawn's early a little, a little background. This is a uniformed police officer. <laughs> I don't know if he's a like a captain. I don't know what his rank is, but this is at like an official thing. This isn't just some. This isn't like a crackhead singing the national anthem on the street that no. somebody recorded. Yeah, no. this is at a ceremony. Yeah, right. And they're a, like, yeah. who have we got for this? <laughs> oh, let's let's okay. keep it going. It's about to get magic. <laughs> Not there, sir. (laughs) And there's like, they're showing clips of like people trying to sing along, not being able to. (laughs) They sure were. (laughs) Here we go. Bring it on home. And the whole (laughs) of the 
free. <laughs> I don't oh, think I had ever made it to God. the ending before. I, I was trying to, I was putting together the list and I found that one. And I was bent over holding my side. My wife is trying to have a conversation with her family in here, like a serious conversation. And I'm hee-hawing, headphones on. She don't know what I'm laughing at. Anyway, thank you, Ezra, Dang. for that. That is uh that is that's, that's precious. Dude. I got on a whole I got on a whole thing. I made a mistake of talking about it on the internet, but like a couple of weeks ago about the national anthem, and maybe I should save this for a different something, but the future is so close for us anyway. Sure. The that how funny it is to me. That and this is almost a serious topic. So how funny it is to me that that we so individualize the U.S. national anthem. Like part of what we do with the national anthem is to make it as individual as possible and showcase what we can do with it as a singer. Okay, now, not this guy. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but that's you know. Yeah, but it's your moment. To something shine. about like I don't know how I don't I don't remember if it was this way before like the Whitney Houston national sure. anthem, that's like the, the high watermark mm-hmm. of national yeah. anthems at, you know, events. Yeah. Um, but it's like, how much can I embellish it? How much can I show showcase myself mm-hmm. in a thing that is supposed to be the national About anthem? Everybody. Yeah. I was watching this, this, this dweeby new baseball, um, thing that they're doing in, um, uh, Dubai. Yeah. I that, think it's Dubai. League. Um, and they were doing the, they did the U S national anthem and they did the United Arab Emirates national anthem, which is where Dubai is located. And the guy from Dubai, they're like, he's one of the greatest Uh singers and he's the star of blah, 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 blah. And and he gets up and does this note for note, Uh very flat, not flat, like uh, pitch wise, flat, like delivery, flat delivery wise and dynamically, right? This is the national anthem. Mm -hmm. And this is how Respect, it goes. homage to it, and yeah. do it to the book. And America, we're like, oh, say it. You know uh, what I mean? Uh, like, how much can I make this about me? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It no. just cracks me up to no end. And you, I think about like, you know, um, I, I, like people do like, oh, Canada, right? Like, uh-huh. it's, it is what it is. You know how that's going to go. People aren't doing a whole bunch of, yeah, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. The most you'll hear on O Canada is somebody takes the last note up, right? Uh-huh. We stand on God for thee, right? Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. You're not hearing embellishments yeah. in like, Runs you're not hearing the Russian national anthem. It goes, Nailed it. you know what oh, I mean? Like, good job. that's it. That people, you're not doing like runs in uh, the Russian yeah. national yeah. anthem, you know? I only know that because I've seen the hunt for red October a zillion times. There you go. Um, All I know is from Rocky Four or whatever it is. Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, Back to Meet the Band. On drums, Scott Phillips, uh, like our guest, also in Altered Bridge. Um, Seems like a good time to talk gear, so let's talk about Scott Phillips' uh, gear. Uh, Evans Drumheads, Vic Firth Sticks, Zildjian Cymbals, DW Drums, Jazz Series, what specs, you ask? I'll tell you. Uh, 22 by 18 bass drum, 10 by 8 rack tom, 12 by 9 rack tom, 16 by 16 floor tom, 16 by 18 floor tom. What do we go. notice? Yeah, two floor toms. Uh, need that low, that... That's right. There it yeah. is. There it is. 14 by 16 and a half Ludwig Black Beauty snare drum. That, he had that snare popping. That snare sounds great. Crank to high yeah, heaven. It's as tight as you can get it. Yeah. Like, it's going to it's gonna break. It's yeah. like, perfect. This was the era of that really tight yeah, snare. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No no rattle at all um on bass brian marshall um his inspiration among others getty lee doug pinnock i mean i can't go wrong with that 
and uh, a great mean mug. He yeah. always had a great like facial expression. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm freaking to kick your. You know yeah, what I mean? Yep, like, yep, yep. Um, he graduated um, from Florida State as well. Um, okay. Which I was going to ask you. Uh, we actually thought about talking about this with Tremonti. Thoughts on uh, undefeated Florida State not in the college football playoff? I know it's a hot topic, and uh, we have a lot of people from Alabama that listen, so yeah. we're not gonna 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 trash <laughs> your team. You, uh, I'm I'm uneducated on it, so I will I will keep my opinions to myself. I will say this: they are an undefeated team. They can't do any better than being undefeated. Right. Uh, the argument is they only put up 90 yards of offense last week. And so, because like their quarterback their, is their a stud quarterback. And he got hurt, right? Yeah, correct. But so they've won the past two games with backup quarterbacks. They're on their third mm-hmm. string and they're concerned about they're not being good football in the playoffs. Right. And, but I heard one coach say it great. He's like, Are you saying that defense can't win a game? Right. Like, can't win a championship? Right. You're saying defense You always say defense right. wins championships, and now you have an opportunity to prove it, and you're not giving them a chance to prove it. I That's thought that true. was really good. Wow. Anyway, different topic, different subject. That's true. And then Mark Tremonti on guitar. Hang around uh, for us with, with at the end. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah. Great, great stories. Um, one little other Creed note. Uh, Rob and I were at Lee University when VH1 filmed the behind the music on Creed. That's Do you right. remember that? They were yeah. all over campus. Well, right? actually, no. The, oh, the, the filming of it was before my okay. – you started a year before That's I right. did. It was a year before you. And, uh, but, yeah. Anyway, all over. But yes, Mark. Uh, I mean, uh, Scott, Scott Stapp Stapp went there. Did some time at Lee University. Did some time. Good got, way to uh, phrase it. Got. Uh, he is no longer part of the Lee family. I don't think he's got that Lee Flames bumper That's, sticker. He's on not showing up car. for homecoming. That's right. That's right. And that was always the first. We would always have like a chapel with like ask the president. And for several years, Everybody. that was always Scott the first Stapp question. Really yes, Scott. Out? Before Scott Stapp went here. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. A little bit more on human clay, since that's what we've been kind of focusing yep. on. Um, and I, I, it's almost unfair to focus on one song and one album when we're talking about Mark, talking to Mark Tremonti. You know what I mean? But it's just so full circle with us. Like this was a, yep. a landmark album for our generation, absolutely, tr- truly. That it seems hard not to focus on it. So, uh, so I did a little research on human clay. Uh, it, it, looking at the credits, it is credited as all lyrics by Stapp, mm-hmm. all, all music. music by Tremonti. Mm-hmm. So we're talking riffs, melodies. I'm assuming like you know that's rhythms, all. That's even? all Mark. I mean, yeah. I so like it's you know, um, and and lyrics by Scott Stapp. It went to number one in the U.S., Canada, the Netherlands, and Norway. Number two in Australia. It was the 2002 Billboard Top Pop Catalog Album of the Year. That's basically their Album of the Year award. Certified 11 times platinum in the U.S., six times platinum in Canada, four times in Australia, five times in New Zealand, three times in South Africa. It is gold in the U.K. Why? U.K.? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and and other places as well. I just assume, like, yeah. how did this not go platinum in the U.K.? Yeah. But no, apparently not. It uh, won a Grammy Award for With Arms Wide Open uh, for Best Rock Song. And... Um, and AMA for favorite pop rock album, Billboard Catalog Album of the Year. It was number five on the Billboard 200 Albums of the Decade for the 2000s. So of all the albums that came out in in the 2000s, Billboard put it as number five. Not number five hard rock albums of the decade. Just number five five albums, period, of the 2000s. That list from 10 to 1 is going a pretty eclectic list. We're starting with Country Grammar. Okay. By the, Nelly. The album. Yeah. Okay. Country Grammar, the album. Supernatural, Santana, that, Juggernaut. Yeah, I thought that would be high. Yeah. Juggernaut. Number eight, interesting, is one by the Beatles. Okay. 
So which is their number ones? It's all it's number a collection ones. of number ones. Red with the yellow one on there. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a greatest hits album. It's kind of cheating. That's kind of what. Yeah, like but, I mean, how are you going to argue with twenty seven number ones yeah. by the Beatles? Yeah, but okay. Uh, number seven, the Marshall Mathers EP. Okay. Uh, excuse me, the Marshall Mathers LP, LP. Uh, by Eminem from two thousand. All these are from like literal two thousand. It was like we hit that millennium and we went. Oh, we're just going to do different music for yeah, a minute. Yeah. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Number five, Human Clay, two thousand. Number four, Come Away with Me, Nora okay. Jones. Uh, for all things, yeah. come away with me. You can go, go back, hang out with us, and Jerry, listen. Jesse Harris, yes, Jerry, Jerry Harris. Jerry Harris that's yeah. the uh, that's the Parks and Rec version. Yeah. Jer- <laughs> Jesse right. Harris. Yeah. Uh, number two, number three, the Eminem show. So two Eminem, two projects. Eminem in the wow. top ten. Yeah, that's from two thousand two. Mom spaghetti. Then number two is Confessions. Usher. Usher? Okay, yeah. I can see that because yeah, that. Let It Burn was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah is on that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and number My one. My outfit's ridiculous in yeah. the club looking so conspicuous <laughs> and rar. Loose I mean. women all on the prowl. Hold the head steady. I'm going to milk the cow. <laughs> Forget about game. I'm going to spit the truth. Won't stop till I get them in their birthday suits. Man. Give me the rhythm. It'll be off with their clothes. Bend over to the front and touch their toes. <laughs> Left the Jag, took the rolls, cut and put them on foot patrol. How you like me now? Pinky's valued over 300000 uh, Let's crank you the one to please. Wow. Ludicrous fill cups like double D's. <laughs> double D's. Me and Ursh wow. once more when we leave them dead on a lady in the street. Freak in the bed. <laughs> prospectors should do that one. We should, that's yeah. Good. That's, that's prospectors. Uh, and the number one album <laughs> billboard of the 2000s is In Sync, No Strings Attached. There you go. 2000. There you How go. about that? Um... Yeah, I think that's about what I got. You got to... Oh, man, I got some stuff. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So the What If, False Harmonic, the beginning. Okay. I freaking love that. Play a little of that since we're talking about... That song is just mean, This song is like... This is mean. You're right. Um, I have a great story on this, actually. Okay. You kind of got to let it simmer here at the the beginning. Absolutely. You're like, oh, it's going to be one of these. Yeah. No, it's not. (laughs) Do you remember the video for this? It was in Scream 3, and it had I the don't. video with the with the ghost face running around all uh-uh. in it. Oh, it was terrible. It was great. Just added to the meanness. Yeah. That's so cool. Nice long intro. Oh, yeah. I love an intro that you got to wait Me for. Too. But it's coming. Don't worry. Oh, freaking love that. Yeah. I mean, that's... And then it's just Monster Rip. Absolutely. My, uh, so my favorite song off this album, though, is actually Faceless Man. Uh, okay. And, I, and me and Rob wrote a song in, er, right after this called From Me. That yeah. I came over to Rob's house, and I was like, dude, I've been listening to this. I was like, let's do something kind of like this. And so we wrote a song kind of based yeah. around that same similar concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, here's a, here's a take. So the next album after that, we talked about My Own Prison, we talked about Human Clay, mm-hmm. Weathered Album. There are times, and you're going to hate me for this, where I think this, that Weathered is in the conversation for some of their best albums. Okay. Um, and this is where Creed, you know, was becoming huge, but it was also becoming like jokes and punchlines. Yeah. So it was before memes, so it was whatever, it was equivalent at the time. But Bullets, My Sacrifice, a.k.a. Higher Part 2. Uh, you yeah. know, weathered, hide, don't stop dancing. One less breath was huge, but not my fave. Um, Tremonti played bass on this album. Um, on that album, oh, no, that's no right. bass player. So they I toured. They toured that. with different bass players. Yeah, but yeah, this yeah. was the one where 
where they did not have a bass player in the band. They That's were right. technically a three-piece. Yeah. A um, couple other things real quick. Favorite Creed Bratton quote. <laughs> Here you go. While we're talking okay. Creed, then we'll move on from them. Nobody steals from Creed Bratton and gets away with it. The last person to do this disappeared. His name Creed Bratton. Creed Bratton. That's go. right. Uh, so I'll say this for your for your take on weathered. Okay. Here's what I, this is what I was thinking yesterday about about the uh, sort of the evolution of Creed. If you listen to those first three albums, yeah. Okay. Um. The. The let's see how to put this. The first one stylistically is more varied. Yeah. You have grooves and feels and riffs and whatever that are more widely differing from one another. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Um and it's and it's the product of like it's a it's a young band mm-hmm. and they're f- trying to find their way. Finding their lane. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so this is their first collection of material. Yeah. And it's not surprising that it's a little more varied. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Human clay comes out and goes, this is what we yeah, are. Yep. This is the template, mm-hmm. right? And then weathered, it's like that template got just really leaned into. Yeah. To it's a like, point that like- There's that's no where, variety. R- uh, like- yeah, right. yeah, yeah, like tracks one through whatever. They're all similar. Right, it's that same mid tempo, yeah. heavy, mm-hmm. you know, thing. And there's much less variation. And so, to to me at that point, like that's where I that's where I kind of got off the train for a while. Yeah, um, because it was like, okay, I kind of heard this. That's what sure. that's where okay. I started to feel like you wanted something different. Yeah, I was like, okay, I know what they do. And I'm good on the amount of and it that I have. Maybe it was for me that I could just put it on and I didn't care where it was at. Like it would be, it'd be in the background and it was never a distraction. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of cool. Maybe. Yeah. You know, it's all kind of dynamically. It's kind of the same. Yeah. It's kind of the, a constant, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you get it, but that's where, so I think that's where some of that came from that like, you know, it's almost, people almost took it as becoming a, a like a parody of itself yeah. in a way. I see you know what I mean? So that's well said, I think that's for me, those first three albums kind of follow that, that pattern. And then, and then I was off the train for a minute. And that, of course that's when you start getting ultra bridge at that well, point, a good tie, a which tie is in. different. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about all ultra bridge. So miles Kennedy on lead vocals, and then it's basically Mark Bryan and Scott Phillips of Creed. So, you oh. know, and miles is a monster vocalist, great front man. Um, I, we talked to to Mark that I saw them with Mammoth at the Ryman, and I was blown away with him as a frontman. Um, look up, I, I told them, Broken Wings, um, if you don't care to play that. Yeah. that's uh, That was my third most listened to song this past year. Um, and Mark says he loves to play this one live. Um, I, I just love this song. And maybe because it feels Creedish with like <laughs> musically, but I love Miles' vocal delivery on it. You can really hear, like, that sounds like a PRS. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now that sounds like we're using a low B. That sounds like deeper so, than... Yeah, so in this one, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this. Oh, man, let me grab my notes. I can tell you which guitar he, he's using. I think he's using the H-A-S-E on this, which is in drop B. Okay, yeah. Um, and Brett's really worn down, like just... But let's. I want you to hear a chorus because I want you to hear Miles well for a minute. Like that guy can. That guy's got pipes. Well, 
Oh, crap. I'm sorry. You're So this is like lots off, hands raised, anthematic. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there in it the in the Ryman. Yeah, it's arena rock. In the Ryman, it was so perfect and it was huge and big. Yeah. And I was like, man, I need to listen to more of these guys. So that kind of <laughs> got me hooked on them um, to listen to some more. So and Tremonti's got other groups too, solo projects. Um, you know, he's got um, not it, the it, least of which is is. Tremonti sings Frank Sinatra, right. which we will talk about, uh, but such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a, a charity thing um, called Take a Chance for Charity, which the idea if, of it is getting people who you know for one thing to do something else. Yeah. And and maybe even try something. That's why I take a chance. Like yeah. try something that's out of their comfort zone yeah. as artists. Yep. And do it and use it to raise funds for charity Noble of their causes. choice. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he's doing it to raise money for Down syndrome research. We'll, we'll talk to him about that. Um, but such a cool idea. And it worked. Like, it's yeah. good. His stuff, you go, there's no way. No, there's see, no way Mark Tremonti. You see him. Like, could you hear him out, on lead black vocals? Hair, in, rock star, foot on monitor, yeah. arm bands, like guitar way too low. You're yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. no way that guy's going to sing Frank Sinatra, but he delivers it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, listen to the because on in Tremonti you get obviously him on lead vocals, mm-hmm. um, and so then you go, yeah, okay. I mean, you might sing Sinatra, but you're not going to do it justice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's really, it's great. It's good. Yeah, it's very, it's very fun, and it's like, um, you know, he said it's like music from the '50s with better production. Yeah, it's, you know, it's going. Which is, it's, he pulls it off. Yeah, great. Uh, and if and if you like that, the the Christmas album, I'm telling you, is going to be right up your. You can you can put it in your playlist. With your grandparents' stuff, you know, with Elvis, you can slip Christmas, it in, and slip it in. They won't even they notice. Won't care. They'll, They'll be go, like, "Oh, that's good." Was this the Carpenters? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, what? How'd <laughs> I miss that? Yeah, so gonna be great. Um, okay, I feel like uh, I just I have this idea. Okay, that there's a stump the genius. There is. Let's well, do one. I can't believe. Let's do. Well, one. Who would have known? <laughs> what a concept! Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, we're gonna play stump the genius. Uh, nineteen ninety nine edition. Okay. So ninety nine. Oh, I got this. Uh, well, I don't know. Okay. okay I don't okay. know. So I'm gonna give you something with a price, and you're gonna tell me whether it's higher or lower. Okay. You're just going higher or lower. I'm the gonna answer give is you... all higher. Oh, there you go. There, we go. there you go. That was the... no, but they're not. But okay. Good tie in there. So ninety nine higher right. or lower. Here I've got we... my tambourine. Here we go. Disneyland ticket price. Okay. $45 higher or lower. Oh, you're saying, okay. So uh, it's like over under. Over under. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, this, okay. Is, this one's tough. Disneyland ticket One price in 1999. $45. I would believe, like, I want it to be higher, but I would actually believe that it's lower. It is lower. Oh, $41. Man. And Cannot now it's like, that. I don't know, $1,000 for a yeah, day at Disney? Got to. 
you know, sell a kidney to the get inf- in. I'm telling you, I sound like such an old man to say this, but the the cost of inflation since in the last 25 years is insane. Dude, I'm with you on that. Insane. In the membrane. Raise the minimum wage. Okay. <laughs> average price of basic cable. Okay. 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 Basic wow. cable, average price. Okay. $35. I'm going to go higher. It's lower. Lower. $31. So wow. pretty close on that. 31 so. bucks. Can you imagine? Dude. 31 $31 bucks for basic cable. Now it's 100 okay. plus for anything. Or, yeah. Like, if yep. you want to watch any live sport, yeah. be prepared to pay at least $80. Unless you've got your antenna like us and yep, you just get right. your three chance. Actually, more on, anyway, whatever. Yep. Average six six pack of Budweiser. Okay. <laughs> Non-drinkers. Okay. So this is a little tough for us. Average six pack, $4.25. Four dollars and twenty-five cents. So you're talking about? Eh, I'll say I'll say higher. It's lower. Lower. Okay, I'm sensing a pattern here. Four hundred one. Wow. Okay. Average ticket price for a Red Sox game. Okay. Twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five dollars. This this game is this tough. Is in ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. Uh, so before Red Sox were even any good again. Um. Twenty-five dollars average ticket price. Average ticket price. Let's go higher. Higher. Congrats. Okay. Give yourself points yeah. on that. Twenty-eight oh three. Wow. All right. These At, are just bare, these are small margins. Dude, here small about. margins. Keeping it close. Um, last one. Average cell phone bill. Thirty dollars. <laughs> I think it's probably lower at that it, point. It's higher. Higher. Oh, that would because okay. think like I, I don't. know. It's forty bucks. So yeah. Average okay. cell phone bill. Okay. Um, not as many uh, bundled packages. I yeah, guess, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Higher or lower? So uh, wow. Mark's brother Daniel did the album art for this. I think about the cover art for, for hu- what? Human Clay for, for Human, Human Clay, Clay okay. and My Own Prison. He did a lot of the Creed stuff. Okay, like that stuff's very visual for me. Like uh-huh. I visualize that as a time frame, as yeah. an era. Now, if you look at the Human Clay artwork, it kind of looks like uh, an AI prompt. Yeah, <laughs> it has that vibe of like you know what I mean. I put in. A mud man coming up from the ground. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I like, get what you're saying. Just yeah. has that and look. It, yeah, it comes to that. That's good. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not done. We're hanging out with Mark. And yeah. then we'll, uh, yeah. Oh, you know something we got to mention? Hold on. We forgot oh, to mention yeah. his pinball obsession. Pinball story. So, yeah, we always talk with our guests for a minute before we start the actual interview yeah, and the yeah. recording process. So we're chatting it up, talking about things. Rob, tell him the uh, the pinball story. This is well, cool. Well, so you had wanted to talk to him about it, and we just the, he he comes on Zoom, and immediately there's two, three pinball machines right behind him. Yeah. And so we just go right in on, dude, oh, the pinball, the pinball, the pinball. And um, and so he was, you know, he was telling us, like, um, you know, he kind of got obsessed with it with uh he got a when he bought his first house he got a south park South pinball, park pinball machine yep. and he was like at the time i thought it was the most amazing you know whatever and then i realized like there's a lot better pinball machines than this but still so he started collecting them yep and he said he's had maybe 50 60 he has 16 now I think yeah yes yes yeah um and he said he's you know over time he's had 50 or 60 but then the other thing that kind of blew our minds yeah was he was saying that he has done the soundtrack music yeah. for pinball machines, you know, and he actually has it, um, which who, who even thinks about that? Like, I don't think about, you know what I mean? You just hear a pinball machine and old ones, it's like generic, you know, <laughs> and it's like a three bar loop that just keeps going over. Well, and over. I remember the first one I heard was, was the air that was cool music was like the Aerosmith one. I was like, oh, yeah. they're playing Aerosmith songs. Right. That's yeah. Cool. Actual. That's yeah, dream yeah. on. And I'm playing pinball. <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. So he, he said that he has it in his, um, in his album contracts now that the music can be, 
licensed specifically for, for pinball, pinball machines. Yeah. And um, so they just take the vocals out and use just the music part. Yeah. And so there are several now pinball machines out there that have m- music soundtrack by Mark Tremonti. That's freaking awesome. So that's, and he had the two behind him. He had Venom and... Yeah, Venom, which he did. Uh-huh. So if you played the Venom pinball machine, he that's did that soundtrack. one. And uh, do you remember what the other one was that he Frank, said? Uh, I don't remember what the other one was. No. Mm, I can't remember what he said, but yeah, Venom. And there's another one. Oh, gosh. Godfather. He did the God, God, that's he, He's right. doing the one for the Godfather. Yeah. yeah. The Godfather Pim. That's dope. That's like awesome. that's a thing to put on your resume. I don't care Absolutely. how big a rock star you yeah. are. That's a thing that you're gonna take a minute to to yeah. make sure. Make sure people know that I did the music on the Godfather pinball yeah. machine. Yeah. Like, that's just dope. So anyway, all right, let's go check out the rest of our conversation with Mark Tremonti, and we'll be back to tuck you in on the other side. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here <laughs> with Mark Tremonti of <laughs> Pick your favorite band. He is the millennial generation guitarist of a lifetime. Mark Germani, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, Christmas Project. Yes. Let's, let's, dive, talk about let's your, dive right yes. into uh, Christmas Classics, New and Old, your brand new Christmas Project, which led me to uh, discovering, because I had not seen your Sinatra Project, but I know they're kind of tied together uh, with their, uh, you know, association with Take a Chance for Charity. Tell us about, first of all, let's start with the Christmas Project. Tell us about this. Uh, it, it surprised both of us. We went Yeah, in- it was like, what a curveball. It's a Christmas album. I was expecting, like, Merry Axmas or something like that. Yeah. But then I looked, yeah. looked up Christmas Morning, and I was like, holy cow, Claymation Video. Um, and then, I mean, it goes from there to First Noel. It's vocally driven, strong vocal, choir backing with strings. I was like, where is this side of Tremonti? Yeah, it's so choices. very classic. Yeah, what, awesome. Tell us about the decision to do, to do just a, 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 a Christmas album that, like, everybody's grandparents will love. You know, every generation is going to love this album yeah you know when i wanted to do a christmas album i wanted to make it sound like it came out in the 50s with better production you know it's uh you know it's uh when i did the the sinatra record i i I got into singing like frank sinatra because i would sing at christmas parties to begin with and i would sing you know jingle bells or whatever it was and i was like you know this this music suits my voice better than the rock thing does you know i was always (laughs) pushing with this it just it felt nice to just use your 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 main uh, my main voice without pushing it. And then uh, I got into obsessing about singing like Frank Sinatra. And when I put out the record, people were like, "You know, you should do a Christmas album." So I said, "You know what? I should do a Christmas album. I'm gonna <laughs> let's I'm give gonna the people it. what they want." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. So I put together the same guys that did the Tremonti Sing Sinatra record plus another 23 stringed instruments and uh, percussions, uh, you know, timpani, percussion day, and then we did a, a choir as well. So, uh-huh. yeah, like I said, I make it sound classic. Uh, I wanted people to remember the good years when their kids growing up Christmas time, at least my Christmas time felt like these, how these songs felt. Yeah. That's awesome. And a lot of the, a lot of the backing band and such, you had members of Sinatra's surviving, right, band, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when I when I wanted to do the Sinatra record, um, well, the reason I wanted to do the Sinatra record is I, I was obsessed with singing like Frank Sinatra for some reason. And then uh, we got a diagnosis that my daughter was going to be born with Down syndrome. And I had read so many books about Frank Sinatra being a huge philanthropist, raising over a billion dollars for charity. I was like, you know what? It makes sense. Let me, let me uh, do a record for charity. Uh, let me sing some Sinatra songs. And I called my manager. I said, hey, listen, I'm going to find some local musicians to get them together to record some Sinatra tunes. He's like, why would you do local musicians? My guitar teacher growing up was Dan McIntyre, who toured with Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so 
it's just it's one of those star lining moments where he That's sets awesome. up a lunch Frank Sinatra's guitar player and band leader Mike Smith and um sat him down for lunch, told him what I wanted to do. And they said, you know, that's, that's all good and well, but can your voice sing? Right. And, uh, he had never heard me sing. My manager had never heard me sing Frank Sinatra style songs. And he was just like, yeah, you can sing. Whatever. <laughs> you know, he's, that's his job as a manager. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so from there we, we, uh, put it underway. The hardest thing was to get the, the, uh, approval from the family to put Frank Sinatra's mm, yeah. name in record is almost impossible. So um, there's only been a handful of people um, that have been able to do that. So I'm very proud to, to and honored to be uh, associated with with that name. It's awesome. Wow. Can we expect this to be a, a regular thing as you, you know, in maybe 20, 25 more years, you're going to go the Rod Stewart route where it's like, you know, Mark Tremonti sings American classics. <laughs> I, you know what? I absolutely love doing this. I, I wish, uh, you know, I wish I had a bigger foothold in the, you know, in that market. You know, I'd, I'd love to, um, you know, tour around the country doing it, tour around the world doing it. I've had, I've had maybe six shows as of now. I've got a show in two weeks here in Orlando at the, at the, uh, performing arts center here. Um, but, uh, and then we got three shows in January. I got two in Vegas. I'm sorry, two in, uh, Jersey and one in LA. So it's, or Beverly Hills. But after that, um, you know, so, so far I think there's four shows scheduled for next year. I hope we can get a bunch more. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what we're here for. That's we're it. the foothold makers. We're here to get your name out there. <laughs> so, uh, so you went to South Carolina and FSU in college, uh, major in finance. So obviously you're financially sound in Monopoly. Are you, uh, playing with the thimble, the top hat, the race car, the man on the horse? What's your, uh, what's your piece in Monopoly? You know, I like the top hat. Okay. You know, and then, then. And years later, I become friends with Slash and do a Take a Chance for Charity project. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, okay, so gear. Uh, we're, we've got to talk a little bit about gear for just a second. Um, I know you're pretty much Diodario strings for the most part. PRS guitars, we can talk about that for days. Your Sunburst with the Floating Bridge and Dragon 2 pickup um, for a Blackbird that's tuned down a half step. Um, and you like your necks shaved down a little bit. Is that true? Yeah, they're not they're not the same shape as the normal PRS carve. Initially, when I put out my my uh, signature model, um, you could only get them with the, with the larger neck, and it uh, you know. So I had them shave it down a little bit for me, and then friends, my friends would play it and be like, "Wow, I like that. I love the feel of this neck." So I begged them, you know, can we please, um, you know, because to to change, you know, the the size of the neck, they have to re uh, program all their CNC machines and get all that. And that's kind of a pain in the ass for them, but they did it anyways. And um, I love it. The uh, and I, I wasn't going to ask you to like pick your favorite child between like the Dom, the Stella, the Fenton, the HASE. So for for sake of that, I'll let Rob ask you or give you a gear idea that he had. Okay, I have a gear suggestion. Okay, this is I, we've never done this before, but I I was watching some some live footage uh, from uh, I think it was the Glass Pop uh, Festival from uh, from last year. And, uh, mm -hmm. I noticed that, you know, you, like a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of people would benefit from this. You, when you sing in live, you're right in, you know, your mouth is like on the grill of the microphone. And okay. I just happened to notice, I've never noticed this before that like your nose was getting a real workout from the top of <laughs> yeah. the mic grill. Right. It's like, he, and I'm going, he's gotta be uncomfortable. You know, it's your nose is like always having to get scrunched so you can get your mouth where you want it. <laughs> I'm thinking we need the the first ever artist signature microphone capsule cover that has a notch 
You know what I mean? <laughs> nice for nose comfort, nose right? Comfort. That's got. There's got to be a market for that. That's a it, video audio fun. copyright right now. <laughs> we, we, we'll take part of the part of the cut. It's funny you say that because I I, I I realize I'm doing that. I, that's my comfort spot. I like getting right up on the mic. When I was younger and I would sing, I was timid to sing, and and I would always back off the mic. And I told myself one day, be a man and sing into the mic. Get right. <laughs> Don't, uh, if you're timid about the way you're going to sing, you're going to sing bad. So I told myself when you sing, mean it. So I get right up on the mic. Um, and I, now I, I overdo it. Like you said, I get my nose right up on there <laughs> in my mind. I'm like, I only notice this. Nobody else does, but you notice it. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to make you self-conscious right. about anything. Next time he's live, he's like, he's like, somebody's watching. I just, I just think maybe somebody can just take a hammer and just give one good whack to that top of the grill and make a little indentation. Let's get this guy comfortable, <laughs> Tr- Tr- you know? Tr- 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 signature yeah. series, Mike. I, I like it just the way it is. I like digging my nose into it. I, I uh, You know, when I'm at home, I just did uh, the charismatic voice. Uh, there's a, there's a oh, yeah. uh, awesome singer online that, that – uh, you know, talks about people's vocals. And I did an interview with her the other day and, um, she was, uh, I was telling her how I like to have my hands when I'm singing in the studio or practicing at home. I keep my hands on my face. I keep, I keep some kind of contact so I can feel what I'm doing for some reason. It's almost like another sensory that I need to perfect pitch and vibrato and all those things. It's just kind of like, um, even if I, even if I'm singing in the car, I'll have one hand on the wheel of practicing. I'll have one hand kind of holding my my i guess my mask you wow, know, whatever. Yeah, to, to like help you feel the resonance know you're doing it right that kind of thing yeah that's really so smart me, you know, the microphone and, and having that contact kind of does the same thing for me live when i'm playing guitar with two hands ah wow that's really interesting that's, that's great. great i love that okay uh we're uh in the middle of what i'm what i'm calling i'm calling it the, the great creed renaissance um, mm-hmm. you guys are kind of really having a moment. You're, you know, you just announced the summer of 99 tour. Um, and you guys had this, uh, we're big baseball guys. So s- seeing the, you know, the whole thing with the Texas Rangers, uh, and they're listening to Creed, you know, in the, in the, uh, locker room before every game. And then you guys show up at the world series. And after you announced the tour, like they didn't lose another game. It was just great, right? <laughs> the whole synergy of all that business is, is you know, fantastic. Uh, the unofficial, unofficial mascots of the Texas Rangers. Um, you know, oh, yeah. does it, does it truly feel in this moment, there's like a big groundswell of, of, you know, creedness, the new, the, the halftime show t-shirt, all of it. Is it really feeling like the summer of 99 again? It really feels <laughs> exciting. Oh, it's awesome. You know, it's, uh, it feels better than ever right now. It's, um, back, back when Creed was, um, you know, when we were back in the, between 99 and 2002, um, you know, we were all over the radio and all on tour and everything, but but you had the world kind of loving or hating the band back in the time. I think enough time's gone by now where it's just been all welcome with arms wide open, if you will. Hey, you know? nice and, uh, there you go. Oh yeah, so it's been it's been great, man. It's been um, you know so, so so well received. It's made us it's made us really happy, and it's cool to see that you know when we put this tour on sale, you can see the analytics of um, females, males, age groups, whoever's buying these tickets, and the, the biggest uh, discovery the craziest discovery is that the, the biggest group of people i think 35 percent of the people buying tickets are between 25 and 35 oh wow so yeah we're, we're too young to have been around back yeah. back when we've so it's just great to see a new generation of, of creed fans 
Man, that's, they, that's, they, really that's super cool. cool. The uh, okay, one one random question. I've always got a rando that I throw out there. Wristbands. You're a wristband wearer. I'm a wristband wearer. Yeehaw. Um, are you sponsored by Under Armour? I noticed a lot of your uh, under a lot of your wristbands. Got the Under Armour T-shirt on as we speak. That, look at that. That's right. That was uh, no. It's just uh, you know I'll wear whatever wristband I got. A lot of times I'll forget them on tour and I'll have to have my tour manager go out and get them. Um, but uh, lately I've been wearing my Michael Jordan wristbands. Okay. But I, I wear them because I have I have a spot right here on my arm that's I it's almost like scarring right here where when I play live I'll I'll I play hard and I tear up my skin on my arm so that's why I wear the wristband to keep that from happening not not really for sweat so, okay. or or an aesthetic thing it's just okay. that it's actually affecting my arm. Wow, that's interesting. The uh, favorite solos to play live with either band. So with. Uh, you know, Ultra Bridge, is it Bleed It Dry, Pity for a Dime, Open Your Eyes, Blackbird? What's your what's your favorite Ultra Bridge solo to play live? Um, there's a couple of them. I love playing the Waters Rising solo. Um, the Cry of Achilles solo is a lot of fun. Mm. Um, you know, Blackbird's great, but Blackbird, Blackbird's great, but when I play Blackbird, I can't just um, say, hey, I'm going to have fun with the solo. Yeah. I know that that very important for the band and the fans. So I, I, I got to really focus and make sure it's done right. Yeah, so it's you kind do of something more, different. The fans are going to be like, you're not playing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I gotta, I gotta really, um, you know, make that one special every night. And, uh, you know, it's not as fun when you can't just flow and, and, and do whatever you want with it, but it's still a lot of fun. I get it. Yeah. I saw uh, you guys, uh, with, with mammoth, uh, at the Ryman. I'm in, Na- I'm a Nashvilleian. So I saw you guys last year at that show and, uh, they're definite high points of the show. One thing I was telling Rob before, this is a crazy fact that you probably won't hear. You know, you get your Spotify wrapped at the end of each year. Uh, my number three song that I listened to the most this year, was broken wings by you guys. Not, not the, uh, not the Mr. Mr. Song, but the, uh, the, <laughs> Ultra Branch Broken Wings, yeah. I love that song. Oh, yeah. That's one of my one of my favorite guitar parts is the intro to that song. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, same question about Creed. Favorite uh, guitar solos or the ones that you're looking forward to playing back out with them? Torn, Bullets, uh, Overcome, Stand Here With Me? You know, those, uh, you know, there weren't a ton of guitar solos in the early Creed stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, some of, the, some of my favorite guitar work uh, was from the song Time on the Full Circle record. Okay, that's a newer one. Not necessarily a guitar solo, but every bit is hard to pull off as a guitar solo. It's just some of the finger style stuff that uh, throughout that song. I just remember writing that, and um, you're like, "All right, I'm on to something here. This is something I got to attack. This, this is this is something special." And uh, um, love it. I think that's. I think everybody in the band might think that that's our best song, okay. even though it was on, even though it was on a, a record that um, was overlooked at, at, a, at a, you know, to a certain extent. We all, but that's our best song. No, I, I think we all do. I mean, we've all talked about it. Okay. Very cool. When you're, when you're crafting, uh, obviously when you're crafting a riff and stuff, you're kind of, you know, workshopping and woodshedding and all that stuff. Are you a guy when it comes time to solo in the studio, do you just get in and rip or are you sitting with something and working out? All right, here's these two bars and then let's try this and this, and this. No, I'll compose okay. it most of the time. I'll, um, uh, I will first demo the song and then I get the studio, go to pre-production, get, get everything tracked. And I will sit at home and I'll, I'll, I'll just play through the solo 20 times. And, um, every time I play it, I'll say, okay, this is at the, uh, 
top of the solo, this is a great opening part at the middle of the solo, the reintroduction here. And then here's how I'm going to end it. And sometimes I'll leave a little bit to the, you know, to the moment. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, you're, you're learning these solos while, as you're composing, I mean, you have to record them like the next day. Right. So you gotten them under your, under your muscle memory. So you'll fall apart sometimes. And when you're falling apart, you fall down that staircase in a good way. You land on your feet and that becomes the new solo. Um, sometimes those are the, the best magical moments that you can capture is those, uh, how am I going to survive this, this, uh, <laughs> new direction I've gone in. Yeah. The, uh, friendship with Larry, the cable guy. How'd that happen? How'd you meet up with that guy? How'd y'all become buddies? Yeah. Back, back in the day I met, I met him at, uh, his name is Dan and he, okay. uh, I at a seven dust concert. It was, he was, he worked for JRR where he did commercials and whatnot. And he kind of became a, a local JRR is a local rock station here in Orlando. And he became, uh, he was all over the radio. There was a, there was a truck company in Sanford, Florida here. And he would get on and do these commercials that were the funniest thing you've ever heard. And, uh, I remember meeting him and I was like, man, you're about the funniest guy on earth. Uh, <laughs> The next thing you knew, he became this huge star and getting in movies. I remember going to the set of, uh, God, I forget which movie it was, but he was on set here in Orlando filming a movie. And um, he's just the nicest guy in the world. And, uh, uh, you know, we used to play ping pong, go to bed. We'd go to Benihana, eat dinner, and then play ping pong afterwards. And then uh, <laughs> that, that was going to be my next question. I'm glad you segued into that. So you're pretty good at ping pong. I saw that. Um, I hear I hear Bieber's pretty good at ping pong, and uh, the guys from Pearl Jam. You think, uh, let's, let's say we have a ping pong tournament, Creed versus Pearl Jam. You got them? You think you can take it? I, I used to be really good at ping pong, and I, I haven't played in, I don't know, 15 years. Okay. I've, I've played but I haven't played seriously in like 15 years. And my son started playing now and he's uh, 15 years old and he's killing me. It's like, uh, it's like <laughs> swimming though, right? Just jump back in the water. Well, I guess if you're losing to a 15 year old, you know, I never thought my kid would, would, would crush me, but man, I am like, I'm on defense the whole time and he's just killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Mark, you've been a lot of fun. There is yeah. one question that we ask everybody. Okay. So yeah. you're on tour either with, Alter Bridge or Creed or Tremonti, uh, you're doing your solo work, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? Uh, and while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. Um, I go in, I would get a Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and it's the most ounces. So I get a Three Musketeers bar. What does Mark Tremonti get in a gas station? You know what? If I'm, if I'm just eating candy or something, I'll do uh, Sour Patch Kids and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Solid choice. I mean... What, what are you going to argue with about, you know? That's right. Yeah. Very, all right. Uh, it I, gets both, both sides. It gets that chocolate and it gets that, you know, this sour patch. I used to eat the hell out of those things. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have that sweet tooth as much as I used to, but that was my go-to. That's fantastic. I will, you, you mentioned seven dust. And so yeah, before I we go, your story. I, so yeah. I, I saw you guys, uh, I guess it was 2001, probably when seven dust was opening. Um, saw you guys in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, um, I, it's you can tell one the of the, the, one, of the, the <laughs> one of the bizarrest and most hilarious concert moments of my life was Seven Dust is opening and uh, somebody smoking pot. I'm, we're down kind of in the pit and somebody smoking pot in the first or second row. And the dude from Seven Dust like looks at him and goes, man, give me that joint. And, you know, he's like <laughs> intimidating guy, you know, and he's like, man, give me that joint. And, I, and it, so they, they pass him up the joint and he takes it and looks at it for a second. And he just goes, <laughs> 
swallows the joint whole. So either he's a great magician and has like a great slot of hand uh, trick, or that guy's a uh, special. It's funny. Lejean is the uh, he he looks big and badass on stage, but off stage he's the nicest dude you'll ever meet in your life. He's he wouldn't harm a he wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> Well, I've, uh, I, yeah, I've seen you guys. I saw you in, in Creed multiple times, uh, and I've seen you, obviously, like I mentioned with Ultra Bridge. I saw you uh, with uh, Jerry Contrell uh, from Allison Chains. I saw that tour that y'all did. Um, so I'm excited to get back out, and uh, I know y'all are coming to Nashville in the summer, so we'll be at, we'll be at that one for sure. Um, anything else that you want to tell our, our listeners to where to find you, what to be looking for? I know you mentioned the, the sh- your solo shows that are coming up. Anything that we need to uh, keep our eyes for in the, uh, in the Tremonti world? Uh, that's it. I mean, I'm hitting the studio in uh, February for Tremonti. That record will come out after the Creed tours are done. Okay. So, um, you know, that's uh, the following year. But uh, other than that, I keep an eye out for, um, you know, I'm doing, like I said, December 16th in Orlando at the Performing Arts Center. And then I'm doing the Count Basie Theater in January in Jersey. I'm playing a casino in Atlantic City in uh, Jersey. And then... Uh, Beverly Hills, uh, playing an awesome theater out there in January. Uh, and then we're playing the Down Syndrome Gala, the NDSS Gala in um, New York City in March. Uh, and then we'll hit the hit the cruises with Creed in April and then the big summer tour. Are you going to take awesome. the uh, MT100, your your new amp, when you're out with Creed? Are you going to have that out on the road with you? Yeah, I've, I've had that amp on the road with me now for, for about a year and a half. So okay. it's, yeah, it's definitely my my staple amp out there dude it sounds so good the clean channel sounds so nice uh the middle channel dimmed it blooms beautifully like you said it's i love it so it sounds sounds fantastic thank you bro i got it sitting two feet away from me right now <laughs> there we go good stuff. and one lucky winner is going to walk away with mark's <laughs> into- uh, uh, all right <laughs> That's awesome. Man, thanks so much for hanging out with us today it's yeah, been great and, and we'll get with kevin on when yeah. we uh release it we'll i'll send him the link and everything so he can get it over to you guys. He's been great to work with. So tell Kevin thanks. He's a good dude. Awesome. I sure will. And I'll see you guys in Nashville. Sounds good, man. Excellent. See you then, Mark. Appreciate you. Take care, Mark. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was Mark Tremonti of Creed and Alter Bridge and Tremonti. Um, and your Christmas soundtrack for and this your, year. Yeah, that's right. Your your uh, your aunt's favorite new Christmas record yeah. that she just thinks she forgot about. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I used to listen to this at the sock hop. Right. right? That's, um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, man, so Everybody's cool. Everybody's getting hula hoops for Christmas that's this year. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's good. That's what Alvin wants. He that's always right. he oh, still man. wants a hula hoop. That's good. He can hardly stand the weight. Um, <laughs> Folks, we're gearing down not towards the end of 99, uh, but Y2K is happening. I'm just kidding. But y'all are going to want to uh, – let's finish it off next, uh, next week, guys. Uh, finale. Next week – is the finale yeah. of the Great Song Podcast. Uh, all good. Well, uh, Not the season finale. We'll, so It's we, the finale finale. So just come hang out with us. We're going to have some fun, have some laughs. Um, but thank you to Mark for hanging out with us this week. That's right. And, uh, and yeah. if you've stuck around to the very end, I, listen, I appreciate those of you. I got messages from several of you, and some of you I still owe something for sending us We've Polly sent some at the end of the you know things. We've sent some digital downloads, some shirts, some whatever. Um, and so I, and some of you I still owe something. So we'll we'll... we'll we haven't forgotten you. I'm just slow and bad at this, um, which is one of the reasons that we're ending the show. Um, but uh, if you uh, have listened to this point, I want to know your prediction. What's the first song you're going to hear us do next on the finale week on the finale? What is the song that is going to be 
covered. That we've f- not talked about. That we've never covered before. That we've never covered. Yeah, that's a good way <clears> yeah. to say it. We've talked um, about it, but yeah. Anyway, where are we kicking it off with? What's 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 the finale song for the Great Song Podcast? Please let us know. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pick a favorite guess, or maybe I'll pick the first accurate guess. Yeah. And and send you something. Send it on. Uh, should we put it in public where everybody can see it, or send it to you like? Uh, send it on Instagram. Just DM me. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Send it That's to Rob, great. and we'll uh, DM us on Instagram at Great Song Pod or uh, Facebook. Send us a Facebook message. Yeah, and, we'll, we'll pick a winner. Or, or carry a pigeon. Send us. Send me <laughs> a self address stamped a envelope uh, to. Yeah. Yeah, Lars. We know you listen every week. That's so right. Fax us that fax guess. Us that answer. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. We'll, we'll see, see you guys next week for the grand finale of the Great Song Podcast. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.